a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. You're listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I'm so excited to be in the studio today. It's been a while since I've been here, and I'm with my favorite person, Bethany. (laughs) Well, it's been forever since I've seen you. I really feel like I have not seen you in years and years and years. Years and years. I've aged. You look fabulous. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you. I've had what could go down as one of the worst weeks. It's been awful. I've been so stressed, so I'm glad it's not showing on my face. It is not. There's not a single wrinkle. I feel like I've gained wrinkles. I do. And gray hair, all of it. From the week oh, I've sister, had. you're so young. You don't know about wrinkles <laughs> or gray hair. Well, apparently neither do you. Hey, you. it's because I have this friend who has this like concoction that she puts on my hair. It's just the best. Every four weeks. It's I, all fake. It's all fake. It's okay. Yes. All for the glory of God. Right. That's right. And nobody has to know. It's our secret. Hey, I am all about telling people I am blonder <laughs> than I pay to be. <laughs> Okay, so you had a rough week? Well, it was kind of crazy. It was just like one thing after another. And I had I had a particularly bad day um, earlier this week where I lost a bunch of really important files on my computer that I really needed. And so those were gone. And oh. I was not happy about it. And then I got honked at by an old guy oh. on my way home. I was driving home and I was in the right. And I think he, he thought I did something I didn't. So he honked at me. I was... I was close to tears by the time I got home. It so, was just, it was awful. When those things happen, it just brings our emotions right to the surface, yes. you know, and in those moments, it just takes one little bitty thing and we're just like done. Oh, I know. Yeah. I was washing dishes, just like, get it together, Bethany. It's okay. It's okay. But it was, yeah, it was a rough day, but I'm glad that we have a new day. That's what I'm all about. That's right. That's right. I remember a time whenever I went to the dentist and I was in a difficult spot. I had a lot of pressure. I had a lot of constraints on me. And it was one of those things where you felt like everybody was kind of upset with you or you hadn't followed through on your commitments or whatever. And literally the dentist just said, open your mouth a little wider. And the tears just started to (laughs) run down my face. And I was like, yes. And then I couldn't stop because once I start crying, I can't stop crying. And so bless him. He's like, well, how about I go get some water? You know, and it was just one of those things. So like the emotions were just right there. So now I have a new dentist because, you know, awkward moment. You can't awkward go back moment. after that. No, I no. think we've just called it. And I've just thought, it's it's a new day. And so I relate. I relate yeah. to the honk. I relate to the open your mouth a little wider. It's so strange. One little thing. It seems like after you've had kind of a rough day, one little thing can kind of just bring all those, like yep. you said, those emotions up to the surface. And I'm not much of a crier, but that day I was close. <laughs> and it's so funny because as soon as you get home from a rough day, oh, your family better watch out. Oh, I mean, yes. they don't even know what they're yes. stepping into, but it could be that the dog barks or <laughs> that, you know, your son doesn't put his dishes up the proper mm-hmm. way and everything comes out. Well, and let me tell you, my husband was running a little bit late from work that day and I was worried about him. He didn't text me to say that he was going to be late. And so he got home and I was like, where were you? And I was, oh my goodness, it was awful. He told me, he goes, am I in the doghouse? I said, no, you're not in the doghouse. It's fine. I just had a rough 
rough day. I'm sorry. That's such a good lesson for you newlyweds. Yeah, that was a good we're day. It out. We're figuring it out. <laughs> That's great. Well, actually, all of that ties into what we're going to talk about today, which is a very powerful passage of Scripture that's tucked away in the Old Testament, found in Psalms 34, 5, and it really challenges us to put our eyes on Jesus in the midst of every single season of life. And so there are going to be days that are challenging. There are going to be days that are frustrating. Things are going to happen that we do not foresee, nor that we like. And in those moments, where is our focus? That's the question. And so we're going to look at Psalms 34, 5, and we're going to see that this passage of Scripture encourages us to put our eyes on Jesus. Psalms 34, 5 says, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And so the idea of having a radiance in Christ, a radiance that comes from Christ, a radiance that points others to Christ in the midst of those situations and circumstances and challenges, it's really challenging to me. It is, especially just when I think as women, we particularly struggle with this, with just emotions, keeping our emotions in check. Because God gave us emotions. They're not a bad thing. But not allowing our our minds and our hearts to be ruled by those emotions, it's hard sometimes. It is hard. It's quite a discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's something that we have to realize as women is that that doesn't happen naturally. We have to start our day with our eyes on Jesus. We have to walk through our day with our eyes on Jesus. We have to end our day with our eyes on Jesus. And when we do, it helps us to get off of that emotional roller coaster that's driven by our feelings or our circumstances or even our perception of our current reality. Mm -hmm. And so our eyes are just so important. What are we looking to? What are we looking for? How are we measuring success? That's something that we talk about here at True Vine Ministry. You know, what does success look like? Because constantly the world that we live in, that world is trying to define success for us. It's trying to chart success for us. And we have this just pool inside of us, this battle inside of us that wants to go with God's definition of success and yet is drawn to the world's definition of success. And so I want us to look at Psalms 34, 5, and I want us to define these words. And this is a really good discipline for us whenever we open God's word every single morning. And it is to look at the word of God and to ask the word of God to teach us, not just read it in order to check it off of our list, but to go, okay, Lord, what is your word saying? What is the direction of this word in my everyday life? And so one way that I always try to look at God's word is to get back to the original intent. So you need to know the author. You need to know the recipients. You need to know what was going on in the midst of that portion of God's story. And then we can dig into the original language and we can see what those words mean. And that helps us to flesh out application in our current day. And so it's a good spiritual discipline to get into the word consistently and to take that word apart. Yeah, the way I view it is it's kind of like a puzzle where God's word fits perfectly together. But if we just have one little tiny corner piece, we're not going to get it in its full beauty. So we need to have context and we need to kind of do some investigation. It's actually going to give depth to that Mm -hmm. word. We're going to fully understand it as much as we can in this moment. And we're going to see it fully applied across the spectrum of our life. And so Psalms 34, 5, the first word that we really need to understand is the word look. And the word look that's used in Psalms 34, 5, it means to regard 
to pay attention and to consider. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I hear that word and I hear that definition, I know immediately when I'm looking, when I'm paying attention, when I'm considering, when I'm giving regard to the word of God, the way that I should in my daily life, I am doing much more than just simply having a quiet time that I check off of my list. Mm -hmm. You know, and obviously our quiet times are very important, but our quiet times should provide a platform that we launch out of into our day. And because we are just women who have so many things, so many roles, (laughs) so many responsibilities, we can at times put our quiet time like on the checklist and we've done it and we've marked it off and we've left that word there. But the point of our quiet time is to help us look, to pay attention, to consider, to regard God and his word, his activities, his work, his plan throughout our day. And so that time of looking, that concentrated looking, it propels us into our day with a spiritual focus. I remember when I was a little kid, my mom, when she was giving me instructions, she would say, okay, can you look at me? And, you know, she wouldn't go on unless I was making direct eye contact with her because she knows me well. She knows that my attention span is short. And so she knew if she was looking at me and she was making eye contact with me, I was going to absorb whatever she was saying. And I was more likely to follow through with whatever she was telling me. And I think it's the same with our time with God. If we're not taking time away and really carving that time out, moving other activities aside to make time to dig into God's word and to soak in what he's trying to tell us. When we focus our eyes on that and we make eye to eye contact, so to speak, we're going to hear more from God's word and what his spirit is trying to tell us. I love that picture because not only do I remember doing that with my children, Mm -hmm. I also remember saying, now repeat back to me what I just said. (laughs) So that's when mom's getting serious, Mm -hmm. right? Like I want you to look at me. I want you to hear me. And then I want you to repeat back to me what I said to you. Mm -hmm. And that can actually become a picture of our quiet time that leads to journaling or to accountability or sharing with a friend or looking for opportunities throughout our day to implement what we are learning in our time with the Lord. So it really positions us for action. It positions us to take that word and then to implement that word into our day. But do you see, Bethany, and it's so easy for us, do you see? how it's just a temptation to just kind of skim over Mm -hmm. what God has for us or to fall into the trap, which this is emotion as well, that we look to God when we're in trouble. And that's the only time we look to God, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's something that I've been thinking about because in my walk with the Lord, there are times when I think about the pressure cooker or the heat is Mm -hmm. kind of turned up and boy, I'm clinging during those moments. (laughs) I'm like, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'm serving you. Jesus, I am all in with you because I am in trouble. I'm in (laughs) over my head. But then in those moments where it's kind of, you know, not necessarily smooth sailing, but it's easier, Mm -hmm. maybe because we have a break from responsibilities or we have things are just going well. It is in those moments that it's actually harder for me to keep a consistent gaze or look at God. And I so want to be more spiritual than that, but (laughs) it's just just the reality of life. Mm -hmm. And so in those moments where, you know, it's kind of smooth sailing, I have to build in extra accountability Mm -hmm. for God and his word and for spiritual action into my life. And that is 
is regarding. That's paying attention. That's considering the work of the Lord, the will of the Lord, the plan of the Lord, and the intensity of my focus on the Lord. And I think in those seasons too, it's important to, even just in your prayer life, to repeat back to God who he is. That's something that I've been convicted on is just like making sure that my prayers aren't focused around me. God already knows all of my needs. He knows what I'm going through. He knows how my day is going to go. And I can still pray for my husband and for my family and for my job. I can still pray for all of those things, but also adding in that, you know, God, you are faithful. You are good. You have provided and repeating back who he is in my life, just as, as an element of praise in my prayer time with him. That's something I learned several years ago, the importance of a balanced prayer life mm-hmm. that starts with adoration, where we are just telling God who he is and like his attributes, his character. And then out of that, we lead into a time of confession because if he's holy, if he's merciful, if he's loving, if he's just, then woe is me because mm-hmm. I see the sinfulness of my heart. And so there's that confession time where we are just confessing our sins and not only confessing our sins, but turning Turning from those sins, repenting and going in a different direction, which leads to a time of thanksgiving because, wow, I'm so thankful that God in his goodness and grace, he saves me. He forgives me. He positions me for spiritual growth, even in the midst of my sinful self. And then that leads into a time of supplication. And so when we have that balanced prayer life, we're looking to him, we're considering him, we're paying attention to him, we're regarding him. And it's impacting not only the way that we live, but also the way that we view him. And so when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to continue to look at Psalms 34, 5, and we are going to see the benefit that we receive from looking to Jesus. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennonministry.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. So we're back and we're talking about Psalms 34, 5. And Bethany, I just really love this verse of scripture. Yeah, I love the word radiant. That just really sticks out to me in the verse. So we're getting there. So we are seeing in Psalms 34, 5 that those who look to him, which means to pay attention, to consider, to regard, those who are doing that, they're radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And so the second word that I want us to look at is the word radiant and define that word. So that word, it means to shine, to beam, to be radiant or to send forth light. And so to me, that word has action to it. There is like an action that happens because we've looked to him. Mm -hmm. That radiance is our heritage in Jesus Christ. And not long ago, I was doing an Insta story and I was driving into the sun. Now, sometimes I'll do stories while I'm driving. I I have noticed that with you. You're bad about that. Because I'm on the go, Bethany, (laughs) always going somewhere. It is truth on the go. It is truth on the go. so I was driving into the sun and I was doing a story and I was safe. I felt very safe and I felt like the other drivers were very safe. But because I was driving into the sun, you couldn't see my face on mm-hmm. the story. And I thought that is really an important picture mm-hmm. for us as believers in Jesus Christ, that we would be so overshadowed by the glory of God, that we would be so overshadowed by the power of God and the love of God and the provision of God that our lives really aren't even a picture of ourselves. 
that they are truly a picture of him. And what I just hope that I grasp for myself and what I hope to communicate to everyone listening today is that this radiance that comes from Jesus Christ, that actually becomes a picture of love and peace and hope and power and provision and just the plan of God in the midst of our overwhelming crazy days, that is our heritage. That's who we are. We do not shrink back in fear, but yet it calls us to a place of action. We have to step into that light. We have to step into that radiance. We have to step into that eternal perspective to say, you know what? This world isn't my home. And so I'm not going to live for the things of this world. I'm going to get my purpose and my value from Jesus. And also too, you know, when we step into the light of Jesus, some things kind of come out. I think it, it requires some transparency and some vulnerability and some courage because as we all know, like when you physically step into the light, you can see everything. So people are probably going to see some sins in our life that we need to address or, or confess to, but it's so worth it because when we're completely real and authentic, you know, that's where Jesus shines through. The words vulnerability, transparency, authenticity, those are the words that describe a radiant life because that really helps us to know it isn't based on us. It's not even necessarily about us, but it is shown through us. And we have to get to the point of saying, Lord, I can't produce that kind of life. I can't produce that kind of light. And so I'm laying my life down in order to live the life that you have for me. And through that process, we see Jesus and his love all over our life. Earlier, you were mentioning a friend who has a radiance, you know, and so (laughs) let's talk about that. You know, those people who they just shine with the love of Jesus on the good days, on the bad days, the ups and the downs, you know, they point others to Jesus in their countenance. Yeah. This verse always reminds me of my friend Taylor. She is the definition of somebody that is just radiant with Christ. And she's had some pretty serious health issues kind of throughout her life. And doctors still aren't sure what's going on with her. They can't figure it out. But even though she's gone through all of those things and she is very open, like she has bad days, she struggles, but every single time that she talks about Jesus, like, I don't say this lightly, her face glows, like she radiates Christ. And so she's a huge example to me of somebody that kind of, despite the circumstances, is still choosing to let Christ kind of be shown through her life and and just praise him. It's an amazing thing to see. And we all have the opportunity to be that type of person Mm -hmm. as we look to Jesus. And what scripture tells us is that our faces, when we look to him, they have this radiance and this radiance actually takes the place of the shame. Mm -hmm. And so the word shame in Psalms 34, five, it means embarrassment. It means to be confounded, which to me is like confusion. It means to be ashamed. It can mean that the concept of being perplexed or angry or annoyed. And so when you're around someone or you have been that person where you're perplexed, where you're confused, where you're confounded, where you have some anger or some annoyance, let me tell you something. It's noticeable, Mm -hmm. right? It is noticeable. And in those moments, we are not walking in the fullness of God and his presence and his spirit in our life. We're not stepping into that full, free, abundant life. Instead, we have our eyes probably on ourselves Mm -hmm. or on our circumstances. And so we have to understand that there is this exchange that is represented on the cross of Christ where he took on the shame. He took on the guilt. He took on the embarrassment and the confusion and the annoyance and the anger 
anger, and he paid that price in full so that we can put on the righteousness of Christ, so we can have the right heart and the right mind and the right attitudes and the right actions and the right reactions so that other people see his radiance in and through us. And so it's just a process. It's a process of sanctification. We use that word all the time around here, the process of becoming more like Jesus and less like this world. And here's the fight, I think. The fight is to trust him, to trust him with the hard times, to trust him with the overwhelming calls, to trust him with the things that don't make sense so that we're putting our hope in Christ rather than our circumstances. Well, and I think it goes back to what you said earlier about our emotions. Sometimes they can overtake us. And that's where I think that shame comes in is kind of fighting that flesh, that knee jerk reaction that we can go back to. And instead making a conscious decision to turn and face Christ and kind of look him out of eye and be transformed by what he's doing in our lives. And sometimes it's just hard. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you this story, something that took place just recently. I was invited to speak to a group of people and this particular invitation, it made me very nervous. I know you have that look on your face. What are you saying? I'm talking about what what are you saying? (laughs) That was a funny look. I get nervous. Okay. Sometimes. Why? 10,000 reasons, Bethany. (laughs) Do we have time? Probably not. Okay, so I love that you had that look. Yes, like I will question, I will doubt, I will wonder, I practice and rehearse and rehash and, you know, I want to do a good job. And then half of that is to honor God and half of that's because I don't want to embarrass myself. And (laughs) there's all these mixed motives and things going on inside of me. But I really wanted to step into this opportunity with faith instead of fear. And so I just started digging into God's word and I'm like, Lord, please help me to have faith instead of fear. And so God in his goodness and grace, he's so faithful to meet us through his word. The passage of scripture that was in my daily reading just a couple of days before this actual opportunity to go and speak to this group was Exodus three and four. Whenever God calls Moses through the burning bush to go back to Egypt and to, you know, talk to Pharaoh and Moses is undone about this call, right? He is, he has 10,000 excuses. God, I can't talk. I'm not good at this. Yes. All of the things. We've all been there. Yes. And that is exactly how I was feeling about this opportunity to go and share with this particular group. And so as I was reading, Exodus 3 and 4, in my heart, I'm like, seriously, Lord, you're going to challenge me with your word in this way. I mean, I could feel my spirit like pushing back. You know, I don't want a word from you on this. I want to do it well, but I know you're about to just give me a word. And I was scared about that. And so I am reading Exodus 3 and 4, and Moses is listing out all of the reasons why he shouldn't go and all of the people who should go in his place. And so what I started to do, and I have my journal here, is that I took Exodus 3 and 4 and I started to rewrite it using my situation, Mm -hmm. using my excuses, using, you know, my own words in my current situation and then kind of pleading my cause before the Lord. But I also wanted to be fortified in faith because I knew the message that God had for Moses was going to be relevant for me as well in my current situation. And so I am just like pouring out my heart and I, I, Bethany, I have pages and pages of it Mm -hmm. right here in my journal. And so I came to Exodus chapter 4 and the Lord looks at Moses in a sense after Moses is saying, I cannot speak. And the Lord just bottom lines it to Moses and says, who gave you a mouth? Now go. 
and I will give you the words to speak. And so that was my word. That was mm-hmm. the word the Lord gave me. Now go, I will give you the words to speak. And so I am at the day of this particular speaking opportunity and I'm just like nervous. I yeah. mean, I am. I'm like, I don't really think this is a good idea. I know that you've given me a word and I'm going to submit to the word, but Lord, I am desperate for you to move. And so I'm in the room and they're you know, going to introduce me. You know that's coming, yeah. you know, and so it's it, and my heart is yeah. beating and I'm like, well, I hate that feeling, by yes. the way. I still get that. And it's yes. the worst. You're you old. want Jesus to come back right yeah. then. Like the, the soon coming Anything king, please now, <laughs> yes. please now. You know, it's, it's just what it is. It's that fear and that faith, you know. And so as I'm being introduced on my phone, I pull up Exodus chapter four and I just start saying back to the Lord, Lord, you gave me this mouth. Lord, I am going and I'm trusting you to fill this gap that I cannot fill. And so I stood up and it was fine. Everybody survived. I survived. They survived. It went well. But here's the thing, Bethany. I truly believe in that moment that the radiance of Christ took over because the following day I received a text from someone who was in the room and they said, they said to me, you light up a room. I do not light up a room. God lights up a room. He lights up. He shines through us and his presence is palpable in those moments. Why? Because I couldn't do that and I had to look to him and he replaced that fear. He replaced that overwhelming sense of just uncertainty Mm. with the power and the presence of his word. And I just pray that that's what our lives become, a picture of his grace. And so I want to close Psalms 34, five with four quick points of application, because we can talk about Psalms 34, five, but what are we going to do with it? So I know for me, in order to look to him for that radiance to take over my life so that there's not the shame, there's not the fear, there's not the overwhelming situation, but rather there's faith. I know there's four actions that I have to do. And one is I have to spend more time in God's word every single day, getting in there and really seeking out the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I need more time in prayer. We've talked about that where we're really communing with God. I need more time in genuine worship as we are singing to the Lord, as we are proclaiming who he is, his goodness and grace, and then more time in authentic conversations, just like this one, where we're saying, I don't have it together. I don't know how to do some of these things, but God's power, it is made perfect in our weakness. And I'm going to follow hard after him. And so Psalms 34, It is a verse of scripture that should absolutely be applied to every single area of our life. Those who look to him, they are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This episode of Inspire on the Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth on the Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.